And I'm telling you, the Lord's been dealing with me. In fact, I made mention uh, Sunday that um, I was already feeling a direction for tonight's service. And I have felt it all day long. Uh, I've just felt a, an undertow of the Holy Ghost today. I really have, really, really have. And I believe God is wanting to talk to us tonight. I believe he's wanting to talk to us tonight. And uh, I don't want us to let the uh, lack of familiarity uh, with our surroundings, being in a situation we're not used to when it comes to having church, to stop us from really getting what God wants to give us tonight. So I'm, I'm telling you, we're living in such a troublesome time. We're living in a troublesome time. And we're living in a time when the people of God need a clear sound. The Apostle Paul said if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, how are they going to prepare themselves? How are they going to go to war if, if there's not a clear sound that is given? And, and I believe that we're living in a time where sermons.com is just not going to cut it. Hallelujah. Um, Pre-printed manuals are just not really, Brother Goff, going to give us what we need in this day and this hour. We need a word from God. And I believe I've got a word from God tonight. I believe I've got a word from God tonight. Now, you know, the last three services, I think, that I've preached to you, it's just been unusual how God has dealt with me either through a dream or different methods that he's spoken to me. And and each time, it seems like it just takes time for me to lay the groundwork for where I really want to get to. So I'm going to ask you again tonight to give me some time to lay some groundwork. Um, I recognize the hour. Now, I I know this is a Tuesday night. I know um, that uh, time is slipping away. But I'm going to do my best to be both cognizant of the time and yet sensitive to the Spirit. Because I do believe that when we get to the end of this, I believe God wants to really do something in our midst. I I just feel it. I feel it so strong in my spirit tonight. So so I'm asking you tonight to to bear with me and to help me, saints of God. Those of you that are listening out there um, that have not yet Uh, for one reason or another, been able to make it back to the house of God. I again ask you, whatever method you're using to listen, I would appreciate some response from our saints. Uh, If you're, if you're, uh, if you are on Facebook, there's a place for you to comment there. If you're on YouTube, you can comment there uh, or you can send me a text, but I want to hear from you tonight. I want to know you're listening. I want to know that the Word of God is impacting your life. Amen. Praise God. We're going to turn to a familiar passage of Scripture tonight. And again, I'm asking you, give me a little time to lay a foundation for where I want to go. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to begin with verse number 1. And we're going to read the first six verses, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you can't see me, we've got these posts here. If you can't see, feel free to scoot over just so you try to maintain a little bit of distance here. Uh, We set it up this way so I could be right here by the screen so you're not having to look one way for the screen and another way for me. So um, if you need to adjust, you need to move, it's not going to distract us. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all 
with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thank you. Just making sure you're still out there. I looked down to read my Bible, and I'm not hearing anything all of a sudden. Amen. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Amen. Praise God. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. I want to I want to teach, preach, preach, whatever tonight on this subject, the purpose of Pentecost. The purpose of Pentecost. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you tonight, I really feel in the Holy Ghost. God has got a word for us tonight. And I, I want us all to plug in to that same anointing and unction right now. Can we just put our Bibles down, lift our hands, lift our voices. Let's ask God to talk to us tonight. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts tonight, saints of God. We need the touch of God tonight. Jesus, I love you. I cry out to you tonight. Help me, oh God, to deliver what I feel on my heart. God, speak through these lips of clay tonight. I'm your servant, Master, and I have come tonight to deliver what you put on my heart. Help me, God, to feed your flock tonight, I pray. God, help me to deliver the word of the Lord for this moment, for this hour, God. Oh, I need your help tonight. Jesus, I cry out to you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Could we praise him together, everybody? Before you're seated, come on, let's, let's, let's worship him. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. We need a move of God in this place tonight. Oh, Jesus, help us. Hear us tonight, God. We worship you. We magnify you. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I mentioned to the church on Sunday that Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And, and I told you then I was already feeling some things. Um, for this service. And uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Pentecost. And I didn't feel it for Sunday. And I, 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 I believe that I delivered uh, my heart to you on Sunday. But I do feel it tonight. And I feel it very, very strongly. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about this day that we celebrated and uh, the day that we recognize as being so important to the church. Amen. I, I think that most of you are aware that everything that we believe and teach in the New Testament apostolic church is founded upon principles uh, that were established in the Old Testament. I've said it many, many times, but the apostles didn't have New Testament scripture uh, from which to preach. They, uh, anything they were going to preach, they had to preach it based on the Old Testament. Can I hear some amens tonight? Amen. They, they had to have uh, something uh, to ground their doctrine, and they went back to the Old Testament. I'm going to take you tonight into some Old Testament uh, passages and compare them with some New Testament verses. I want you to understand that Pentecost was 
the third of three feast days that God established during the springtime season, if I could call it that. Uh, let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 23 and verses 14 through 16. Brother Nelson, if you'll read for me, uh, Exodus chapter 23 verses 14 through 16. Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Is, is he on? I'm not hearing him. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee, in the time appointed in the month of Abib, for in the time thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. In the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors, out of the field. Now, verse 14, if you're looking at your Bible tonight, verse 14, uh, he said three times, I want you to keep a feast unto me in the year. Uh, he said, first of all, there is the feast of unleavened bread. Now, there's another name for the feast of unleavened bread. We call it Passover. That's the first feast that took place. We understand. I'm not going to take a lot of time tonight to deal with things that we already recognize and know. But, but I do need to lay this foundation. The Passover marked the day that the Israelites were delivered from death and slavery. And their salvation came through the killing of a lamb and the application of its blood. We then understand, amen, that that was a type, Brother Nelson. It was a, a symbol of what God would later do in the New Testament era. And we know that Jesus was, in fact, crucified at Passover. It happened at that very time. Amen. That's what it was all about. Amen. It really had a greater significance than just getting the Jews out of Egypt. But God was setting the stage and God was teaching a lesson about what he ultimately would do. Hallelujah. And so Jesus Christ, amen, was crucified at Passover. And it's the application of his blood that saves us from sin and slavery. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed Christ, for us. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. All right, then, then as we read through Exodus 23 here, he said three times you're going to keep a feast. First of all, there is the feast of unleavened bread. Then he says in verse 16 that there is the feast of harvest. The feast of harvest. There is another name by which this feast was known. We know it, I think, more readily as the Feast of First Fruits. It was actually held amen, during that week-long celebration of Passover. And it was to occur on the first day after the Sabbath that happened during that Passover. On the first day day after the Sabbath they were to bring the first fruits of their harvest this was the beginning brother Nelson of their harvest season it was just the start of the harvest season and they knew that there was a harvest that was yet coming but God said on the first amen of this season I want you to bring to my house the first fruits of your labor as a symbol of what is yet to come it's going to happen on the first day after the Sabbath. Amen. During the Passover season. And so we understand, we understand, amen, that what happened on the first day after the Sabbath during Passover in the New Testament era, amen, that Jesus came forth out of the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That happened on the Feast of First Fruits. Hallelujah. 
Amen. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says this. But now is Christ risen from now the dead. Now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first and fruits. And has become the first fruits. Of that uh, uh, You understand what Paul's saying? Amen. He's saying this is just the first of many. God is showing us. Amen. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That there is hope beyond the grave. Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept. And this was the beginning of the harvest season. Hallelujah. And then Exodus 23 tells us that there is a third. He said, the feast of harvest you come. You bring the first fruits of your labor. And then he said, the third one is, uh, this is Exodus 23, 16. The third one is the feast of ingathering. Now, there's another name for that feast as well. That is what is more commonly called the Feast of Weeks. Amen. It is the Feast of Weeks. Shavuot uh, is, is the Hebrew. Amen. And, and that word simply means weeks. And here is, I, I made reference to this Sunday. I, uh, I, I kind of let a little bit of the cat out of the bag Sunday. I, I made reference to the fact that, that the Hebrew word weeks here was an indicator that what was going on, amen, was that they were to count a week of weeks or seven weeks. And then on the day after that seven weeks was completed, there was to be this feast day that would come amen praise god hallelujah let's let's read uh, leviticus 23 verses 15 and 16 and you shall count unto you from the morrow after from the, the morrow sabbath, after the sabbath from the day uh -huh. that you brought the sheep of the wave offering right seven sabbaths shall be complete seven sabbaths right even unto the morrow after the seventh and sabbath. then the morrow the first day after that seventh sabbath Shall you number fifty days? That's fifty days. And you shall offer a new meat and offering offer, unto the Lord. Now, now, King James says meat offering. I, I looked at this in the Hebrew. This really, it, I don't know why the King James translators use the word meat. Um, maybe, maybe some scholar can explain to me later on why they did that. But, but really, the the term here specifically means grain offering or meal offering not not a meat offering but be that as it may it's just it is important to us that we understand that on that 50th day and in fact that's where the name pentecost comes from because that's the greek word for 50th day this is this is the 50th day so 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 the shavuot is is uh, uh, the hebrew name the greek name is pentecost the 50th day after passover amen and this was the feast they called it the feast of in gathering now i'm telling you everything i have read about this to the jews it was a great celebration i mean they did this this was at the last days of the harvest brother golf amen this was towards the end of the harvest amen that this feast would be held and they had great pomp and circumstance they danced they did everything amen as they celebrated the goodness of God in granting them a harvest that year praise God amen it was a celebration of in gathering at the end amen or the last of the wheat harvest Amen. We see that Exodus 34, 22. I'll read that for me very quickly. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Yeah, yeah. So, so this was at the year's end for them. This was toward the end of their year. And, and, and so they, th this was the end of their harvest season, if you please. And so toward the last days of harvest, uh, amen, they were to have this great celebration that we today call 
Pentecost. Now, here's something that some may not recognize. You may know all of that. But the Jews, when you start looking into the Jewish writings, the Jews say that this was also the day, amen, when Moses received the law from God at the top of Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. Amen. So Moses was communing with God and God delivered to him the law of God that set apart the Jewish people. It was not enough that they had been separated and freed from Egypt but now they are establishing a nation of their own. In fact I've read a number of Jewish historians and scholars that call this the birthday of the Jewish nation because the Jewish nation was founded upon the law of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Read for me Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Right? Now, now listen to this, because I want you to see what happened on that day. Read. And you came near and stood under the mountain. Uh -huh. The mountain burned with fire. And the mountain did what? Burned with fire. On the day that uh -huh. God gave the law to the Jews, oh, come on. the mountain burned with fire. Right. Read. Unto the midst of heaven with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. Uh -huh. And the Lord spake unto you the out Lord of the midst spake, of the fire. The Lord spake out of the midst of the fire. And you heard the voice of the words. And you heard the voice of the words. But saw no similitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only ye heard a voice. Read. And he declared and unto, he you, declared his unto covenant, you his covenant. Which he commanded, which he you, commanded to perform, you to perform. Even, ten, even commandments. the ten commandments. He wrote them upon two tables. And he wrote them on the tables of stone on that day. And the Lord commanded me at this time to teach you statutes oh, and hallelujah. That you might do them and in the, the land where you go. Amen. This is the day I want to give to you my law. And we are going to start from this day. Amen. You're going to deliver it to your children. From this day, you're going to be a holy people unto me. I'm going to tell you what I like and what I dislike. I'm going to tell you what I love and what I hate. I'm going to tell you what I want and what I don't want. This is the beginning. This is the start of you as a nation right. oh praise oh, God yes, yes, yes. hallelujah amen and so they say it marked the day in which the law was given to the Israelites and as such it's considered by some Jewish scholars as the birthday of the Jewish nation now today of course we recognize we recognize this day of Pentecost as the birthday, not of the Jewish nation, hallelujah, but of a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, hallelujah. It was, it was the birthday of the New Testament church. Well, praise God. And remember, the birthday of the Jewish nation hinged upon the delivery of the law of God to the Jewish people. Now, what do you think was going on at Pentecost? Let's talk about it here for a minute. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. That I will make I'm a gonna new make covenant. A new covenant. Now, he made his first covenant here. Amen. With the Jewish nation through the law. They were to accept this law. They were to accept what God gave to Moses on the tables of stone. This was the beginning of the Jewish nation. But God said, this is not the ultimate covenant. I got another covenant that's coming. Amen. And I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Read. Not according to the covenant. Not according to that I, that I made with their fathers. 
in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, uh -huh. which my covenant they break. They broke that covenant. Although I was a husband unto them, uh -huh. saith the Lord. Yes. But this shall be the but covenant. this is going to be the covenant that I will make that I'm going to make Israel. with the house of Israel. Listen to this. After those days, After those saith, days the Lord, saith the Lord, I will put my I'm going to put my law in, their inward parts. in the inward parts. And right upon oh, hallelujah. It still involves his law. It still involves the impartation of God's yeah. law. But he said, I'm not writing it on tables Come of on. stone this time. I'm going to put it on their inward parts. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, hallelujah. Read, read, read. And write it in their and hearts. I'm going to write it in their hearts. And I will be and their I'm God. I'm going to be their God. And they shall be and my people. And they're going to be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. No more every man his neighbor. And every man and his, every brother man his brother saying, know saying, the Lord. Know the Lord. For they Why? shall all know because me. Because they're going to know me then. Hallelujah. From the least of them. For the least of them. Unto the greatest unto the of them. greatest of them, saith the Lord. the Lord. And what's going to happen when the new covenant comes? For I will forgive their iniquity. I, I'm not going to be rolling their sins ahead anymore. And like I will I remember used to their do sin at Passover. No but I am going to forgive their iniquity. And I am going to remember their sin no more. Yeah. When this new covenant comes. Come when on. the second impartation hey. of the law comes comes uh, it's gonna change everything no rolling ahead of the sin it's gonna be forgiveness of the sin oh hallelujah amen and so once again God imparted his law but not on tables of stone in the New Testament he sent his Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Amen. To put a spirit of holiness in the hearts of his people. Read 2 Corinthians 3 and 3. For as much as you were manifestly, you were declared, manifestly declared unto the, epistle, to of the Christ, epistle of Christ ministered by us, yes, written not with ink, written not with ink, but with but the how's spirit, it written? With it's the written spirit by of the living spirit God, of the living God. Read, not, not in tables not of stone, on those tables of stone, but in like Moses of the heart, it, but on the fleshly table of the heart. This is what God did with the second covenant. This is what happened at Pentecost. God imparted the law again. But this time, not just a written list of thou shalt and thou shalt not, but now it's on the heart. And it says, I want to or I don't want to. It's changed the perspective. It's changed the way I see things. It's changed the way I live. Not because of rules, but because he imparted that law and wrote it on my heart. Yes. Now, now this Pentecost in the New Testament, just like Passover was the fulfillment, Christ's death, the fulfillment of the Old Testament Passover, Christ's resurrection, the fulfillment, yeah. hallelujah, yeah. of the first fruits of the Old Testament. Yes, yes. So there is so much that we can draw from the Old Testament Feast of Weeks. And learn about the New Testament day of Pentecost. Let me show you something that happened on the Old Testament Feast of Weeks when God gave the law. Exodus 19, verses 17 to 19. And Read. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp yeah. to meet with God. Yeah. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on smoke. And on Mount smoke. Sinai. Was altogether on a smoke. Because the Lord descended upon because it in the Lord, fire. The Lord descended upon it mm. in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended yeah. as the smoke of a furnace. Yeah. And the whole mount, and the whole quaked, mount greatly. quaked greatly. And when the voice and of the trumpet the voice sounded long. Of a trumpet sounded long. And waxed louder and, it and louder. Waxed louder <laughs> and louder. Moses spake, and Moses God spake, answered him by a voice. God answered him by a, by a voice. voice. Yes. 
Amen. Words. Amen. That begin to speak. The fire fell and words began to speak. Amen. As God delivered the law the first time. Amen. Now, let me tell you, that's beautiful. I think all of you know exactly where I'm going with all that. But let me tell you something else. And, and look, I'm not, I am not, I am not saying that everything that is in what is called the Midrash is absolutely true. But the Midrash is, is the Jewish tradition. It's, it's, it's their, their writings about the things that took place. Uh, amen. A collection of their oral traditions uh, of the things that happened in their history. But here is what I was surprised to learn, Brother Nelson, about uh, what the Midrash says took place. Now remember, these guys that are writing this oral history, they don't believe the New Testament. They're not trying to write something to make it match up with what happened in the New Testament. They wrote these things, amen, with no regard. Many of them written before there was a New Testament. Oral traditions handed down. Let me read to you. The Midrash says this about that day, amen, that the people in the camp saw sound waves in the form of fiery substances. Each commandment as it left God's mouth circled the whole camp and eventually rested on each Jew personally. He also notes, amen, this author notes that in the Midrash, amen, the people heard God's voice speaking in many different languages. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so there are sound waves like a wind that's encircling the camp and it turns into a fire and it settles on each of them. And then the voice of God starts speaking in many different languages. Oh, church, you know where I'm going with this. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly they're came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is perfect. When God starts fulfilling things, he's just perfect about it. He doesn't miss a detail. Oh, praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Now, now let me show you something else tonight about all of this. Let me show you something else. You remember what happened when Moses was given the law? Do you remember his trek down the mountain? Do you remember as he and Joshua are coming down? They heard something. They heard somebody playing rock music. I say it was rock music because they said, hmm, kind of sounded like war. <laughs> and somebody said, no, 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 you listen close enough, you'll figure out it is some kind of music. Well, <laughs> but they come down the mountain. Brother Jerry, you remember what happened? When Moses got down there, what did he find? What did he find at the bottom of the mountain? He found the people down there. Yeah, Brother Lord, he, he, he found the people down there naked, dancing around a golden calf. Now that much we know. But there's, again, some details that sometimes we overlook. Because you know what happened when Moses got down there? He asked a question. Who's on the Lord's side? I'm getting ahead of myself. Exodus 32 and verse 26. Read for me. Then Moses said, stood in the gate of the camp and said, 
who is on the Lord's side. Yeah. Let him come unto me. Yeah. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves the together came, unto yes. him. And he said unto them, and Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. The Lord God of Israel. Put every man his sword, sword by, by his, his side. side. And go, go in, in and out and from the out gate from to gate, gate, throughout, gate the camp, throughout the camp. And slay every man his brother, and yeah. every man his companion, yeah. and every man his neighbor. And on that day when the first law was given, there was death in the camp. Now, some of you know that. But again, there's another detail you might forget. Do you know by any chance how many died that day? I can tell by the look on your face you don't. So let me help you out here. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. I think somebody just made a guess. Hallelujah. Now I'm reading to you from the scripture our brother Nelson is. Exodus 32 verse 28. And the children of and Levi children did according to the Levi word of Moses. Did according to the word of Moses. And there fell, and there of, the fell that day of the people that day about 3,000 3, men. men. When the first law was given on tables of stone, there were 3,000 that died died that day but when the second law came when God did it again hallelujah thank you Jesus Acts 2 and 41 says then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls about 3,000 souls the coming of the first law brought death but the coming of the law the second time brought life helps us understand what Paul was talking about when he said in 2 Corinthians 3 and 6 who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter. Not of the letter. But of the Spirit. But of the Spirit. Why? For the letter Because killeth. the letter. The letter. The letter. You know when he's talking about the letter he's talking about the law. Here's what he said. The law of Moses does what? It killeth. It killeth. Yeah. But the Spirit does what? Gives life. It gives life. Yeah. I'm telling you that's exactly the way it happened with the first amen shavuot hallelujah that happened 3,000 but with the second one amen 3,000 gained everlasting life come on oh yes oh yes Now, I've said all of that to bring you to one final point. I got one more thing I got to show you, one more parallel. Pentecost. Hallelujah. Let's go to Leviticus 23, verses 15 to 17. Now, you know the book of Leviticus is written for the Levites the priests, and it was to give them instructions on how God wanted them to follow his law. They were told how to keep the feast days. They were told what things were clean and unclean. They, God, God handed that to the priests and said, this is the way I want it done. You are the men I'm entrusting this to, right. or I should say to whom I am entrusting this keep it grammatically correct hallelujah so to the Levites God gave them instruction and I want you to hear part of what this celebration of this feast of weeks involved now Leviticus 23 verses 15 to 17 read and you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from, that, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Yeah. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath yeah. shall be number 50 days. Right. And you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Right. We read that far a while ago, but 
I want to read the next verse. Verse 17. You shall bring out, shall bring of, your out of your habitations two wave loaves, two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. Two deals. They shall be, they shall be fine, flour. fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They'll be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits they are the first fruits unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. And so, when they gathered to celebrate the Feast of Weeks, they were not allowed to partake in anything else until somebody brought in two loaves. And these were, the scripture calls them wave loaves. You see that? There's a reason for that. And I need a, I'm going to have to have a mic stand here. Because I, I got to have both hands free here for just a moment. Hallelujah. Now, they're called wave loaves. You know I don't use object lessons much. But tonight I'm using an object lesson. And all of those of you that are listening online, you should have been in church tonight. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. And so, really, believe it or not, this was more in line with the kind of loaves that they used back there. It wasn't Wonder Bread. You know, it didn't come pre-sliced and wrapped in plastic. And they had two loaves. And, and, and this is what I read. I, I, I tried to read to, to, to find out how did they go about this, Brother Jerry? How, how, did, they, how did they do this? And this is what, and, and I know, you know, sometimes asking a Jew how they did things is kind of like asking an apostolic. You ask an apostolic from this church and you ask one from this church and, you know, you get different answers. I'm saying that so if there's some scholar listening tonight, um, don't criticize me. Blame the guy that told me this, all right? Um, but this, this is what I read, that they would take these two loaves, and they would wave them. But we think of waving, you know, just, that's, you know, we, that's, but, but this is what they said, that they would wave them, toward the earth, toward the heaven. So they would do it this way. But then, when they finished, then they'd wave it. I'm going to get my bearings here. They'd wave it to the north, to the south. They'd, they'd wave it to the east, to the west, to the north and south, the east and west, the earth and the sky. And they brought these two loaves together as a part of their worship. Now the Jews, I don't think really understood the significance of having two loaves. And I know some scholars would disagree with me. But I'm going to tell you, I believe with all my heart the reason why they had to have two loaves, Brother Nelson, is because before, with the law, that was for the Jews. But with Pentecost, something's about to change. And it's not just going to be the Jews anymore. But God's going to reach out to a people that were not even a people in the mind of the Jews. They've been rejected. They've been shut out. They didn't have a whole lot of hope. Once in a while, somebody in history like Ruth would show up. And there'd be somebody that made it in by the grace of God. But for the most part, as far as the first law, there was only one loaf there. But at Pentecost, if we're going to do this right, we're not just going to have one loaf. We're going to have two. And we're going to bring the Gentiles in now. And when it comes time to worship God, everything that's born of the earth, regardless of race, Regardless of creed, regardless of color. Everything that's born of the earth is available to get a blessing from heaven. If they come from the north or the south or the east or the west, Pentecost 
is for everybody. Pentecost is for everybody. Pentecost. the Holy Ghost right now. Now hear me. In today's world, I know it's still a big deal for the Jews the way they feel about Gentiles. And I know there are some anti-Semites among the Gentiles that feel that way about the Jews. But that's not really the problem we got right here in America. Oh, I feel the And the beautiful thing. Come here, Brother Auburn. I don't know how many of you know this. But we talk about the great Azusa Street revival. I'm going to do this different. Now you just wait. Hang on just a minute here. We talk about the great Azusa Street Revival. What some of you don't know about that revival, most of the criticism of that revival, there were critics of the way they worshipped. There were critics of them speaking in tongues. There were critics of the things that they preached because it just wasn't like what most of the world, uh, Christian world was preaching. But I'm going to tell you some of the loudest criticism that you found was because at Azusa Street in 1905, when all of America was, divest, was, was so vastly segregated. They weren't segregated at Azusa Street. Now listen, listen. I, 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 I think all of you know me. I'm, I'm reading to you, alright? I'm reading to you what... What reporters of that day said. I, I'm not using my own words. Don't hold me accountable for the words. I'm reading to you to show you the mindset of those that criticized the Azusa Street Revival. One reporter said colored people and a sprinkling of whites composed the congregation. And they were upset about that. Later on, a local reporter described uh, what was going on as a disgraceful intermingling of the races. And he went on to say, they have a one-eyed, illiterate Negro as their preacher who stays on his knees much of the time with his head hidden between the wooden milk crates. He doesn't say very much, but at times he can be heard shouting, repent. And he's supposed to be running the thing. And they close by saying they repeatedly sing the same song. The comforter has come. I want to tell you, that's important. That's significant. Because when the comforter came, when there was another Pentecost right here in America, it erased the racism. It did away with the blur, with the lines. Amen. Of segregation. Oh, somebody hear me. Somebody hear me. Amen. Amen. The mission itself began producing a publication for several years. They put it in print. In one of its articles, the following statement, amen, appeared. They said, one token of the Lord's coming is that he is melting all races and nations together. And they are filled with the power and glory of God. He's baptizing by one spirit into one one body making up a people that will be ready to meet him when he comes. True church, I'm going to preach to you for just a few minutes. This is what I came to say tonight. I am so sick of what's going on in America. I am so sick of what's happening in this world. And I'm telling you, we're saying, what do we do? How do we fix it? I got the answer tonight, Brother Auburn. We need another Pentecost. We need another Pentecost. That's the answer. If we can have a Pentecost, we can get the races together again. And I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, somebody that's racist has never had a Pentecost. Somebody that would despise another on the color of their skin, they've never had a Pentecost. I don't care if they talk in tongues. I don't care if they're baptized in Jesus' name. They need a Pentecost. with a Pentecost there won't be another George Floyd if we can shake this nation with a Pentecost I'm telling you we can put an end to this nonsense Come on, let's worship God. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. 